0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker. And we are happy you're joining us today as we break down the Titans 33 to 30 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a close one, but the Titans ultimately came away with it. And before we get into it. I want to ask, do you believe? Denard, I just want to jump right in. Breaking down this win, what are your initial thoughts? What stood out to you about today's game?
1: Ooh. Well, first of all, it seemed like, you know, what I actually predicted at first. I said it was going to be a uh, blowout, it was going to be like 35 to 17. It was looking like that at first. And I said, you know what? You wait till we get on the show. I got a couple words for Davey. And then all of a sudden, they started mounting a comeback. And I said, oh, let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was kind of scary at the second half. But let me just try to go into the keys of this game. Last week, me and you, we went at it about the kicking game. You were very irate. And I'm going tell you something. You were not very happy with the performance last week. And I was telling you, I was defending Steven Gaskowski. Remember that? And I said, what? As a veteran, he will come back. He will bounce back, and that's the that's the biggest thing about veterans. They find a way to get the job done. So the biggest question mark was actually answered. Now I know he missed the extra point, but again, he nailed two big field goals from 49 and 51. 51 at the half, and the 49 at the 49 at the end of the game. And let me tell you something: the way that he bounced back with the accuracy. I mean, he nailed both of those field goals. So to see how bad he played last week. And then to see how he actually regrouped, it was basically amazing because I call this, I told you last week, I said, trust me, Steven will come out and play better this week. Why? Because he's been through this before. And when guys have gone through this, they're able to just respond in a different way as opposed to a guy who, who's might be young and he's a little rattle. It may take this guy a little bit of time. So I was just glad that Gostkowski had the game that he played. Let me just say this. AJ, in his absence, I was, you know, I was a little bit nervous because my thing was, who are they going to go to? They can't just sit there and say, we're going to rely on Corey Davis. Who's going to step up? And let me just say this right now. And this is a word you're going to hear me say. It's called wilding. When you hear me say this dude is wilding, that means he's playing lights out. New Smith right now, he's in a league of his own. Nobody at, the, at, at this stage right now is playing better than he is. He is basically redefining the position. He looks like a young Shannon Sharp. This guy's so good. Can nobody cover him? We saw that today. on what was the first series, three plays. Two of them went to him, one for a 63-yard scatter, and then the other one, he makes an acrobatic catch in the end zone. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me that he made that catch. John New Smith right now, I'm going to say it, he is the best tight end in the league by far, hands down, he is the best. I know people talk about Travis Kelsey. Nobody's playing like he's playing right now, and that is Ryan's guy. And let me tell you something. They got a lot of production because A.J. being out, Corey Davis again. He played big. He made some key third downs, made some big catches. He just continue, continues to improve. We saw Adam Humphries, of course, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Move the Chain. He did his thing. I got a great touchdown in the end zone when he got that goal route. But again, we saw guys like, um, who else did we see? Cameron, uh, was that bats.
0: Cameron and He got elevated Batson. off the practice squad it was a couple of days ago.
1: But you know what? He came up with some big catches, you know, and he played well. And and, then, and also, tight end Anthony Ferkshire. Ferkshire played lights out. I mean, I'm telling you something. They couldn't even really match up with him. I don't even think they probably even had him in the game plan. But the fact that he came out today, made some key catches. I was glad to see how the ball was distributed to so many guys Uh, in that receiving court and the tight ends, the way they were utilized today. I I think Arthur Smith called a great game. It was a gritty game. It was a gutsy performance. But again, the Titans were able to pull it out. And then my last point, and I'm going to say this because I know a lot of people are going to talk about the defense giving up 30 points to this Jacksonville team. But let me tell you something. There was a couple times in this game that, you know what, they had to step up. And they stepped up big. I thought the rookie Christian Fulton with that pick You know, he moved it down and they were able to uh, get some points off of that turnover. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you something, Jeffrey Simmons, what a great play, because Jacksonville was still in the game at this point, but he makes a great play. And man, boom, Harold Landry makes a great interception, ends the game. But that's what you got to do as a defensive unit. When things are not going good for you, you just don't tank it in. you got to find a way to make it play. And that's exactly what they did at the very end. So I was glad to see that the defense stepped up.
0: Lot to unpack there, I guess, to kind of back up uh, Goskowski going to the kicking game. I mean, yeah, he was two of two from field goals and three of four on the PAT attempts. Obviously, you would like to have that one that he missed, but being able to hit those two long field goals, obviously, were the ultimate factor in whether or not the Titans walked out with victory. As it relates to having AJ, I did think that was a a thing that was going to hurt them because, I mean, we kind of talked about it last week with Jacksonville. They are very young on the outside on their defense, so figuring having somebody who is really that deep threat might have been able to allow the Titans to kind of beat them over the top. I mean, they did have that one big play to Jonu in the first drive, but outside of that, I thought Jacksonville did a good job of limiting the big play, and that goes for the run as well. I think Derrick Henry's longest longest rush was maybe 14 yards, so 14 yards. they did a really good job of not letting him break one free, which if you watch Derrick Henry against the Jacks Jacksonville Jaguars, that's usually something he is— been pretty good at doing as of late. Now, Jonu Smith, you know, I'm a Jonu fan. I won't go as far as saying he is the best tight end in the league right now. I, I, I do think there are a couple of guys who have more skill set right now. But what I will say about Johnny is I think he's the most versatile tight end in the league. And as you have seen without Darrington Evans, the Titans have continued to line Johnny up in the backfield at times. And he is just all over the field whenever it comes to setting up and trying to get him in situations that are going to allow him to be successful. And, you know, last week, I mean, you saw him, he got a touchdown, but then to come back with four receptions for 84 yards and two touchdowns today, that was just another really good thing to see from him. Yeah, I mean, from a wide receiver position, like it wasn't like Ryan Tannehill just honed in on one guy. He was pretty, he was distributing the ball well to multiple receivers. The The one thing that I will say is like Tannehill is, is playing lights out. I mean he was eighteen of twenty four for two hundred and thirty nine yards and he had four touchdowns. So anytime you can continue to just light it up, I mean that's six touchdowns on the season. People were talking about him really regressing. So far we haven't seen it. They're like, he had such a great year last year. I don't I don't see how he's gonna be able to continue to play at such a high clip. And I mean, his his QBR for twenty twenty so far is at eighty three point two, which has him fifth in the in the league. So he is continuing to do really well for the Titans. I, I really just like what we've been able to see from him and how he just continues to step up and make big play after big play. The Titans were only sacked one time for, it was I think they lost eight yards on it, but I thought the offensive line did a really good job at protecting Ryan throughout the game. Now, as it comes to the defense, obviously we were able to pull it out, but it did seem like there were times where Jacksonville was just able to get whatever they wanted. And to kind of go where you ended up finishing off on your point, Denard, was Jeffrey Simmons getting his hand up and batting that one up in the air where Landry came up with the interception. Simmons didn't have a solo tackle on the day. I kind of felt as the game kept going on, I was like, man, what's Simmons doing? Like, he's, he's not really made much of an impact. And then when it really mattered, he obviously got the play that closed it out for the Titans, was able to allow them to seal the victory. And so it's good to see him do that. My biggest knock on the Titans right now is still the inability to get much of a pass rush. I thought Jacksonville, I know the Titans didn't really send more than four guys all that often, but it just seemed like Gardner was able just to stay back there and just kind of have as much time as he needed outside of a, of a few plays. But I, I guess my question to you, Denard is what are the Titans going to have to do to try to get that pass rush going? Cause I mean, I know Vic Beasley's not playing yet, but from what we've heard, it's not looking like once he does play, he's going to be coming in and just making a gigantic impact. Clowney still looks a little winded. He got to the quarterback a couple of times, but it's, it's hit or miss. And, and so I just – I am really concerned about the Titans' pass rush moving forward, especially whenever you play some of these better quarterbacks in the league.
1: Well, again, you got to think about it. A lot of times when Jacksonville tried to go play action a day, that pocket collapsed few times and let me tell you something they were in the backfield they they might didn't a couple of times they got him but the thing about it it's going to take some time right now you still got clowning he's still trying to get in game shape he just got here so you still got a unit that's basically still working together getting to know one another so it's going to take some time that part of the game usually takes you got to give it a few weeks you got to give it about two or three weeks to get those guys going and plus they're just getting in game type tempo so I know people talking about the sacks and things like that but trust me when they come, they will come. But you just got to give it time. And I, I think this group is really good. I think they work well together. And I think they're only going to get better, you know, throughout the year. So right now, I know people are thinking, you know, you know, there's no sacks or anything like that. But let me tell you something. The thing about Minshew is that he's he's very – he's like Doug Flutie. He's not just going to sit in the pocket. You know, he's one of those – he's mobile. He's very elusive. And his game is basically kind of getting outside of the pocket. And that drives defensive linemen fits because now you gotta chase this guy. So it's really hard sometimes for a coach when he when he's making putting a game plan together to blitz a guy that knows that if he gets us out of the pocket, he can take that thing to the house. So sometimes you gotta plan your lanes. And I thought they did a really good job at doing that. Because a lot of times when Minshew would go straight back, believe me, there were guys back there in that backfield. The question is, is Minshew is so elusive that he was able to get out a few times and make some plays with his legs. And that's what that's what really hurts a defensive lineman when you play like a mobile quarterback like that. You just got to be very disciplined. And I remember playing against Doug Flutie. You got to stay in your lanes because these guys are so – he's not very big, but he's fast, he's quick, and his game is not like a Peyton Manning where he's gonna, he's a drop-back passer. He, he's more like a Russell Wilson. He wants to get out of the pocket to make plays with his legs. And when you put him on the run – he can hit that. I mean, just like Russell, I mean, he can throw it on the dart. That's his game. That's where he's most effective. So again, you're not going to see this guy get sacked a lot until he tries to do play action. So when you see Jacksonville, when they ran play action, the Titans had that, uh, they collapsed that pocket. They were already in the back throw half of the time. So I thought they played pretty well. Again, in the second half, they kind of got gashed a little bit. James Robertson kind of came alive and And I don't know where this guy, I know Illinois State, but this is the best running back, rookie running back I've seen in a long time because he is a beast. I mean, when I look at him, I'm thinking this is supposed to be Leonard Fournette. This is supposed to be, you know, his team. And right now, this rookie out of Illinois State has just came out of nowhere. And he's playing lights out. And I mean, he's probably playing better than any back in the league right now, these first two games. So. You know, again, they just came up a really a good offense. This offense is not a joke. They're actually really good, and they're only going to get better. They've got a good offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, so you know they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I will say that I've been more surprised with how Jacksonville came out in these first two games than what I was really anticipating before the season got kicked off. And, I mean, the conversation surrounding the team was, all right, are they tanking for Trevor? What's this looking like? But right now, Gardner Minshew's showing – he's going to at least be able to put some things together and they should be all right. I don't know. That'll be interesting to watch as we continue to monitor them throughout the season. But as it relates to the Titans moving forward, whenever we did our last show previewing the Jacksonville game, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show, but A.J. Brown did not play. Earlier last week, I don't, I mean, he listed as questionable on the depth chart, but it was one of those things I don't believe anyone thought was going to be something holding him out. But ultimately, the bone bruise of the knee was something that's been more serious than initially thought and it's one of those things whenever you have a situation like that that could lead to missing a couple of games and right now the only other person that is on IR that we're expecting to get back after Minnesota is Adoree Jackson but seeing as they didn't put AJ on IR they expect him to at least not miss more than three games so that that should be a good sign and hopefully adding him out there will continue to let Ryan Tannehill continue to light them up. Now, Denard, whenever you're you're looking for the main takeaways, I know we've kind of gone through them, but...
1: It was easy. For me, I got a whole list of all of these takeaways, but the one thing that stood out was Stephen Kostowski. Because me and you, we talked about this the other day of about 15, 20 minutes. We just kept going over the kicking game. We just kept talking about the kicking game. And I told you, I said, from my experience in dealing with With veteran kickers, the reason that they have long tenure in this game is their mental fortitude. They know how to, they'll have a bad game and what they will do is they will find a way to fix it. And let me just say this, it was noted that uh, Steven on his off day this past Tuesday, that he did some extra kicking with the um, special teams coach. He felt like he needed to get some more work. That's what you do. You find a place in a time where you can go by yourself and you can work out the kinks and get your mechanics right. You got to understand last week when he got in the game against Denver, he had just basically signed with the team. So he was brand new, just basically off the street. So it takes some time to get in that game, that game mode, that game mentality, even for kickers that, you know, those guys, they got to like muscle memory. They just got to keep doing it. And it's hard when that's your first game. So, when you have a bad game, what do you do? You just go back, you look at the film, you get it by yourself, and then you figured it out. And that's what he did today. So I think the kicking game was was answered. It's not gonna be nothing like last year. Why? Because you got a kicker right now who would be a first ballot Hall of Famer when his time is up. And that's saying a lot. Especially playing kicker, because that's probably the hardest position to make the Hall of Fame at.
0: Obviously, I was not happy with the kicking game this past week and Goskowski proved me wrong. He came out and he showed that he still had it. So that was really good to see. And, I mean, these last two games, they have came down to making sure that you're going to have to come out on top in the kicking battle. I mean, they've come down to, against Denver, two points, and against Jacksonville today, three points. The other big thing that I've noticed whenever I'm watching this team, and and so far so good, and I hope this will, this will be like a, a knock on wood moment, but the Titans have yet to turn the ball over in the 2020 season. They forced two turnovers today against Jacksonville, both of those interceptions both very timely as well. But against Denver, they caused that fumble. And for the Titans, I mean, making sure that they don't turn the ball over is honestly why I believe that they've done such a good job in making sure that they're 2-0 and right now. I mean, winning that turnover battle has been critical, especially whenever you look at games and it comes down to such a small margin of error. Tannehill continues to play well. Derrick Henry's really the only guy running the ball. But, I mean, what do you see is the the limit for this team if they can continue to at least play at this type of rate. At least the we'll, we'll talk about the offense for now because obviously there's each game is, is a little different, but I mean, it, for two weeks in a row, the offense seems to at least being able to move the ball fairly, fairly well.
1: It's called, I think Brian Greasy hit it. He hit it big Monday night when he said it's about, this is a ball control team. This is the way this is their mental makeup. This is their DNA. It's a ball control team. They're going to go, they're only going to go as far as their quarterback and their running back take them. So when you look at Ryan's number, he, he doesn't have any interceptions in, the, in these last two games. That's amazing. Okay. That is amazing. That's what you want. When a coach goes in to a meeting on Monday after a game, one thing he'll look at is turnover ratio. If you got a ratio where you're turning the ball over consistently, guess what happens? Typically, you, you're going to lose the game. But when you when you can eliminate turnovers, do you know that is a coach's dream? That's what you preach throughout the week. Don't turn the ball over. And penalties. And this is a team that is not getting hit with a lot of penalties.
0: Titans that's where four four penalties for 30 yards, and I think two of them came like back-to-back early on with a right. starts.
1: So that's one thing you want to make sure that you eliminate. But, again, I tell you right now, they've been very consistent. And I'm surprised, you know, basically because they haven't had any preseason. So I think this offense is only getting better. And that's really what's scary. They still got a long way to go. And trust me, Derek, that's what team. We talked about this before the season started. We said, what teams, what are they going to do? They're going to line up and say, listen, 22 is not going to beat us. Number 11 is not going to beat us. I don't think teams were accounting for Jonu. I don't think teams were accounting for Adam. And then, you know, Corey's kind of the sleeper. He's the X factor. And you see those guys week in and week out. What are they doing? Making play after play. And that's what you want. You want other guys to make the plays. Because guess what? When they start making plays, teams are going to start, they're going to gravitate to those guys. And guess what happens now? It opens up the running lanes for Derek. Guess what? It opens up one-on-one matches for A.J., that's what you want. You want uh, – it's like trying to play against Kansas City. If you go try to stick Tyreek and put two guys on him, guess who you leave open? Travis Kelsey, who's the pulse of that offense. And you know what Patrick Mahomes can do. He's going to get the ball to all them playmakers that he's had. You know, he's got all them guys, you know. But, it, again, week in and week out, it changes because what teams will do, they'll gravitate to one guy and say, listen, we're going to make this guy beat us this week. And that's the way they're going to have to play because teams are saying, listen, we're not going to let the reigning NFL rushing leader beat us Sunday. So that's what teams are doing. They're loading the box on Derek. They're He's got a bullseye between that two and that two, you know? So you've got to basically find some other playmaker to go to.
0: We'll talk later on in the week as it relates to the Titans' next game going up to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. But the last thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about, Zanard, is so, I mean, the Titans – Really, their style of play, as we've alluded to on multiple occasions, is all right, and ball control, make sure we're just running it down other people's throat. We're going to have a lot of close games that hopefully we're just able to come out on top, but we really want to make sure to control the clock. The Titans, well, let me rephrase. The Jaguars had possession for 33 minutes and 22 seconds to the Titans, 26 minutes and 38 seconds. So they did a really good job of making sure they were going to get tons of plays. They had 74 plays overall. The Titans had 59 but my biggest critique, and as someone who, you know, Dean Pease retired this past, after this past season, and so they're kind of going with a little bit of a different approach on the defensive side of the ball, but the efficiency for the Jaguars on third down. Jaguars were 10 of 14 on third down conversions today, and if you want to add fourth down in there, they were one of one. What are the Titans going to have to do to limit and just make that third down efficiency number go down?
1: Well, that's a, that's a huge statistic that a lot of, especially defensive coaches, when they come into a meeting room on Sunday, uh, Monday morning and they address the defensive goals, one, one goal every defensive staff they always have is to get off the field on third down. Number two is always to eliminate your opponents to 14 points or less. But the main thing, and they, they always talk about turnovers, but they always have an asterisk by third downs. Why? If you're not getting off on third down, what does that do? It allows other teams to sustain drives. So that's going to be the point of emphasis for this team is getting off on third down. So what is happening is sometimes you might have to tighten up the coverages sometimes. Jacksonville basically ran a lot of spread offense. Sometimes they had three or four guys on one side. They ran a lot of crossing routes. So when you run crossing routes, guys kind of get discombobulated in there. And that's where a lot of things open up. We we saw that time and time again. They got a lot of plays on crossing routes by the receivers. And it's really hard to play man-to-man when you're trying to – when they run crossing routes because guys actually end up uh, colliding with each other. So one of the things you're probably going to start seeing is a lot of zone dogs. You're going to see a lot of zone coverages in there. And what that will do is sometimes it can eliminate if you run a lot of, say, quarter coverages and sometimes drop your linebackers. What you want to do is try to keep everything you can in front – but sometimes just wanting a little bit more zones, cause Titans want a little bit man to man a lot of times. But again, the point of emphasis, again, third down. They'll figure that out. You know, this again, this is the early part of the season. So when you're the defensive coordinator, one of the things you're gonna do is just say, how are we getting beat? It might be just a lot of crossing routes. So they gotta figure, figure out what to do about that. And sometimes what eliminate a lot of crossing routes is some zone dogs. So you start you might start to see a little bit of that. And as well as Butler and Jackson. In Fulton, sometimes you got to run some blitz, you know, and say, listen, we got to sit in the house sometimes so we can get some pressure and try to eliminate some of those. You know, it just it's hard. Third down is a very tricky, tricky, tricky down. you got to make sure when you do make that call, you make a call that's going to get you off the field and not get you beat because that's a coach's worst nightmare in third down.
0: Well, so far, Titans have at least been able to overcome some of their Deficiencies on stopping teams on third down, and that is going to do it for us today. We're going to have a lot more coverage coming for you later on this week as we break down the Minnesota Vikings versus the Tennessee Titans for this coming Sunday. As we started off the show, the Tennessee Titans defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars thirty-three to thirty and improve to two and zero. And in our, I mean that's that's kind of where we had them when we started the season. Both of us had us getting wins at Denver and now hosting Jacksonville we'll look to see what happens as we prepare for the upcoming week against the Vikings. But we appreciate you tuning in. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.